Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber Internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. From the Milton Metz Studio in the Radio TV Building at Indiana University, welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host WFIU, WTIU News Bureau Chief Sarah Whitmire. Uh, scooters have been a big issue in Bloomington for the last couple of months. City leaders are implementing new safety measures while city council members come up with scooter ordinances. Uh, these scooters, both from the Bird and the Lime Company, Bird was first, and then Lime dropped off about 500 of these scooters in September. And uh, the city and the community has been trying to, to sort of wrestle with them ever since. So that's what we're going to be talking about today with four guests who are here in the studio. And we're also on Facebook Live today. Mayor John Hamilton from the city of Bloomington is with us. Thanks for being back, John. Absolutely. Thanks for asking me. Beth Rosenbarger, the planning services manager for the city of Bloomington, is joining us today. Thanks Thank for being here. Thanks for having me. And we have uh, Lindsay Williams, nurse practitioner of the trauma program manager for IU Health Bloomington Hospital. Thanks for joining us. And also Shannon Bunger, captain of operations for the Indiana University Police Department. We invited uh, representatives from both Bird and Lime to participate in today's program, but both companies declined to send a representative. If you have uh, questions or comments, you can call us at 812-855-0811 in Bloomington or toll-free at 1-877-285-9348. You can also send us questions for the show at news at indianapublicmedia.org. John, I wanted to uh, ask you first, turn to you first, and just say, so had you you had, had to have a little bit of forewarning that these might be coming to Bloomington? I mean, did they just show up overnight one <laughs> night, or were you trying to, to talk about how this was going to roll out? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, literally, the bird scooters showed up overnight without any warning. Now, I've been, if you're around mayors or read the newspapers, you know they've been showing up at different cities around the country, but we had not had any indication that they were coming at that particular time. Uh, the Lime scooters arrived with notice. They actually contacted us, which we appreciate, uh, before they came. But but basically, these are, these are the disruptor model of companies, kind of like Uber did or Airbnb, where they, they pop up and show up in your community. Mm-hmm. And Beth is a planning services manager for the city. I and mean, what's your role with the scooters? I, my role will be um, helping develop legislation as we do that and move forward um, mm-hmm. with yeah. however we best decide to um, approach this in the community. Yeah, I know the mayor has said that the city, city hall is getting a lot of calls about this. So I assume both of you are taking some of those? I get uh, our office gets a lot of calls. I don't know if planning's getting calls or not. They, you send them to me, probably don't you? I think the mayor's office. Yeah. All right, you, thank you. Yeah. You might get the the next batch, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So Lindsay Lindsay is with uh, uh, IU Health nurse nurse practitioner trauma program manager. So when you saw these showing up, what did you think might happen? Initially, we weren't sure. Um, we also weren't prepared obviously no one knew that it was coming so uh, we didn't have any mechanisms in place to track whether or not people were injured or um, my registrars 
that report to me kind of came to me and said, hey, we're seeing a lot of people in the emergency department that are coming in on these new scooters. And, you know, for a week or so, we were just kind of pushing it off to the side. And it quickly became evident that this was not going to slow down. So um, now we're scrambling on the back end trying to figure out how to track how many people are injured and what kind of injuries we're seeing. Um, Not all of them are admitted to the hospital, which is when I would take care of them. Some of them are discharged from the emergency department. And so we're all just trying to figure out what it is that we need to do, um, what kind of do we need to do injury prevention, do we need to do um, education, do we even really need to track it? Well, now we know we do. (laughs) All right. And uh, Shannon Bunger, from a law enforcement standpoint, uh, did you start seeing problems right away? Uh, I don't know if we saw them right away, um, but it it developed pretty quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. Just riding on a sidewalk, not paying attention, not yielding right away to a pedestrian, uh, riding on the road, going through the stoplights, stop signs, not stopping. And the biggest thing is not wearing a helmet. Uh, we did a uh, a helmet giveaway with Bird Scooter representatives about a month ago. We gave away 75 helmets, and I've yet to see a helmet on anybody yet. So that was – we even had a young man come up that day and tried to rent the one scooter that the guy had there to demonstrate – and he said, it's a demonstration. And he finally said, you know, all right, you can you can rent it and take it. And I said, but you've got to take a helmet. And the kid goes, I'm not interested. He's <laughs> like, I'm really? trying to give you a free helmet. It doesn't cost anything. Please take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he finally took the helmet and, and rode off. And I'm, he may have thrown it in the trash can. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it's we had a faculty member about a week ago get hit on a bicycle and thankfully he was wearing a helmet and the helmet actually cracked in two Mm. and so if he wouldn't have had the helmet on that day and that's that's what's going to happen with the scooters uh, because they'll they'll do 15 to 18 miles an hour and we've already had a couple bad accidents on them Um, so just be aware and Wear a helmet, protective gear. All right, we'll talk more about uh, some of the the ways to protect yourself sure. on these in a bit. Sarah? I want to go straight to a question that we got from from Laura, and I think this is probably for the for you, Mayor. She wants to know why the companies drop off these scooters without talking to the city first to see if they actually want them or to give them time to come up with rules. She says it seems like we're doing everything backwards in regards to the scooters. Well, that's a question I think that's been asked uh, a lot around the country. Um, uh, the, the short answer is we encourage the companies to talk to us. We appreciated Bird doing that, so we knew it was coming. We could talk to them and had a contact. They've hired somebody locally who we work with a lot. But in this, in this, in our legal regime, uh, unless you pass a law prohibiting scooters um, from coming, they 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 can come. Now they're using public right of way, and we've very quickly contacted them, uh, both companies, uh, to talk about, and we can go into the details of, of all the stuff we're working on. Um, but frankly, it's kind of like when Uber arrived in, com- in, in cities or when Airbnb arrived in cities, these app-based, uh, um, kind of not geographically placed, they, they just show up. Um, it does challenge government sometimes because we're we need to react, uh, and I've tried, I think we've tried in city government to react um, responsibly, but um, it it will look different a year from now, and we're still just two months into it, but it was definitely a surprise to us the night they showed up. Well, I'm going to ask Beth to, to take this first, but I mean, this is one of those situations where 
Everybody talks about alternative modes of transportation. Uh, let's get people out of their cars. So there's sort of a positive side, or at least the city has pointed out a lot of positive things potentially about them. But then there, but it seems like uh, if the mayor's getting a lot of calls, my guess is that most of them are people that are not happy about them. Would that be fair? We definitely are getting more calls, and when I walk around and get more people or at, at an event who say I'm concerned about them, uh, I do think there's a big difference in age uh, reactions to these, um, and uh, uh, you, you see uh, a lot of younger people using them. Um, uh, but that's it's not unusual for us to get calls from the people who are upset rather than the calls from people who are happy. Right. So, but but that's definitely true for this. So, Beth, talk a little bit about the the positives that these scooters might bring to the community. Sure. So um, I specialize in transportation planning, and obviously the scooters fall into that area. And, you know, they're smaller than a car, and they use electricity and not oil. So there are advantages as a mode of transportation. They can get people to places. They're very nimble. But our infrastructure doesn't line up with that. So in the same way that we are working to create better infrastructure for bicycling, um, scooters fall in that category, too. On my way over here, I biked here. And um, in the area just north of the IU Auditorium, there's a separated path where pedestrians are on one side and bicyclists are on the other. And a scooter user was using the bicyclist path, which is uh, great and I think very encouraged. And it was a good example of when we separate these modes, people comply. And as long as you provide a safe and comfortable place for people to use that mode, I think they're more willing to use it, and it helps increase safety um, as well and provide a better transportation option. Okay. We're starting to get some phone calls already here today, so we're going to go to the phones as soon as we can and get David on the line. David, go ahead. <clears throat> Do we have David on the line? Yes, not. I think we do. David, are you there? Okay. Well, David's question has to deal with the vandalism of scooters. Um, it says that Hello? he's there. Yeah, Hi, David. David. Are you there? Oh, hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah go uh, ahead. Sorry. Um, so, full disclosure, I am actually a charger for both companies, <laughs> and I have literally seen people going around and pushing over whole groups of these scooters or even throwing them in creeks because they don't, quote, want them in their town. Yeah, That's I, unfortunate. Yeah, I have to say that I, I was uh, downtown the other night, and I saw somebody actually did kicked one over. And then there was another Bloomington resident that actually challenged that person and mm -hmm. said, you know, hey, if you don't like it, just, you know, put it over closer to the building. But don't don't be doing that. So it's, it's interesting. I say it's unfortunate. Look. I think a lot of this is is um, kind of challenging our etiquette. A lot of a lot of bicyclists, pedestrians, uh, sharing roads, sharing trails, sharing sidewalks is is etiquette. We we have rules which we enforce at the at the margins, but within those margins, people need to learn and respect each other, which most people do. I remember hearing the story about when the B line opened, and. Uh, the combination of pedestrians and dog walkers and bicycles would sometimes cause tangles and challenges and difficulties. And and that's hard to legislate, but it is people getting used to these things. As Beth said, one of the I think one of the important things is for the community to think about how do we make the infrastructure work so that these can do well. We don't want scooters going down crowded sidewalks. No. 
On the other hand, if you're on a crowded road far from downtown where there's an empty sidewalk, we say it's okay for a bicyclist or a scooter to be on that side rather than trying to be in the middle of the road. So a lot of this is kind of figuring out the common sense and the etiquette that need to come. So mm-hmm. please don't knock scooters over. Now, if they're in an ADA ramp, that's, that's a violation, and, and move it if you can uh, or, or report it so we can move it. All right. Yeah, uh, Shannon. So, could you talk? Have you seen you know skirmishes between scooter riders and non-scooter riders, or, or these issues boiling over like road rage? No, we've not seen any <laughs> Don, Donnie okay. Brooks yet. Um, but it is frustrating. When I pulled up to the station um, coming in here today, there was one that was kind of close to the door, so I just moved it over. We we don't expect uh, John Q. Citizen. Oh, there it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna move it over but if you can like the mayor said you know if you can move it that's great uh at football it's really big for us um the both companies can geofence that area so they make it a no parking zone Hmm. so they have to park Hmm. in certain areas and Hmm. they also have representatives on campus during the games that will if they happen to have them where they're blocking stuff they go around and pick up that's good i didn't know that Mm -hmm. and then they are also um i think it's bird is getting ready to hire people that their sole job will be to go around on campus during the day and if there's scooters blocking an ada ramp to move it mm-hmm. yeah uh, am i still on yes you are go ahead oh, okay um i think you might actually be talking about lime because lime actually has an operations team here in bloomington and bird does not okay okay good good, good uh, no does lime have more scooters than bird at this time? I believe they do at this point in time. One, okay. um, yeah, We believe so, too. One of the things we're negotiating right now, some operating agreements uh, that will be the precursor to the legislation, which I expect we'll see, one of the things that will be required is, is, is um, timely and real data sharing so we can know how many scooters there are on a given time, where their, where their rides are happening. It helps us with planning. It helps. I didn't even know that about the games, which makes sense that they can there can be events that they're used a lot and and um look there's no doubt there's safety issues with these we've had at least one very serious accident um we've had many minor more minor accidents um that's true with bicycles and pedestrians and cars too but but we need to improve and help people getting used to these use a helmet i actually rode a scooter here today uh, i walked to one event and then i had to i got a scooter i had a helmet on uh, officer so but that is very uh, unusual you're right for the scooter riders yeah and, i just i don't i do not see yeah. anyone with a helmet on at all mm-hmm. yeah well and to speak to that point i believe both companies um will send um people free helmets if they ask for them and Lime actually has an initiative called Respect the Ride, and they're investing over $3 million to um, distribute helmets and educate riders on where to park them and things like that. All right. Good good to know. Thanks, David. We appreciate your call. You're right. welcome. Thank you. Uh huh. 855 in Bloomington. That's an 812 area code or one 285 outside the Bloomington area. We have uh, other callers that are lined up. Christine, go ahead. Yeah. Hi, I'm Christine Missick. I'm very unusual in this area in that I'm 61 years old and have been riding both kick scooter, like a human-powered scooter, and an electric scooter. I use one or the other almost every single day. And um, 
I feel like there's a huge pent-up demand for scooter use, and the companies and rental scooters are only what's going to be a small part of the scooter use in the future. For example, in my own case, I find I have arthritic knees. I find I can go places easier on the scooter, either manual or electric, um, than I can walk. And also I can go farther distances now with the electric scooter. And I don't use the rental. I own my own. And I, I think it's just that it's something nobody grew up with who's an older person. But, but now that people realize that there are the, there are such a thing as scooters, and now there's good batteries that didn't used to exist. People will learn that scooters are good options. And um, so we're going to have more middle-aged and even older people, um, families on scooters. And I'm wondering, I, I hear all the discussion about rental scooters, and um, I think it's just a matter of time people are going to be buying scooters. And I'm wondering if the city is thinking about things to help that process along, like parking places and protecting scooters from cars. That The cars are what are going to kill the, the scooter people, just like they hit pedestrians and bicycles. Thanks. Christine, thank you. You are a you are a Bloomington paragon. You know somebody who you you that. Thank you for sharing your use of these, and I'll let Beth maybe can jump in and talk about the the issue of protecting uh, where people use their different mobility options is is in front of you every day. Yeah. So we're looking at other options um, within the community, and actually our transportation plan um, that just passed. Uh, plan commission last night and is moving on to city council is one tool within that. But um, a lot of communities have what are called protected bicycle lanes, and those are on-street bike lanes, but they are physically separated with a barrier from moving motor vehicle traffic, and that dramatically increases um, safety of users in the lane and the comfort of people because, of course, um, if you are walking, bicycling, or on a scooter, uh, you know, let's say you're 150 pounds and a car is two tons. So uh, there's a dramatic difference there in mass and velocity, and we want to protect people. So our plan last night that's moving forward uh, works on building um, a network of protected bike lanes and neighborhood greenways across the city. We also just had one past city council, a new bond, to build um, a two-way protected bike lane on 7th Street from the B line to Woodlawn on campus, so to help get people and connect from one separated path to another. So I would say building infrastructure across town uh, in order to protect people on streets, um, on separated paths, is a really big focus of what we're trying to do right now. And then in terms of creating parking areas, again, I think scooters and bicycles go hand in hand. And what we are seeing is pent-up demand. So potentially if we can work with the downtown and the parking commission, we could look at, um, we have a few what are called bike corrals in the downtown, which are um, places that look like on-street parking spaces. A lot of them couldn't actually be on-street parking places because of their location, but have different um, bike parking in them. And so if we're having this increased demand for parking in convenient locations, we can accommodate that with existing uh, parking and adding more facilities to make it convenient to leave your scooter locked to a rack, uh, your private scooter, or your bicycle there, too. So when Indianapolis got these scooters, they tried to put the brakes on it until they could pass some stipulations. And I know one of the things that they did was... Um, I think Bird and Lime have to pay $15,000 each year or something to operate in the city. And then is it a dollar per scooter fee or something? 
So would there be something like that in Bloomington that would help pay for some of these things that you're talking about? We, we are negotiating and expect to have uh, some compensation from the companies. Uh, that's typical in cities, as you mentioned, in Indianapolis. Uh, we're, we're negotiating that with them in these agreements that we expect to have uh, very shortly, and then it would be part of a legislation, too, to help, yes, get an annual fee and then maybe a per-ride fee, something like that, that will help support the infrastructure and the enforcement, frankly, too, if, there, if there's a need for more enforcement. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to ask Lindsay a question before we go to the phone, so I want people who are waiting on the phone to be patient. But uh, I talked with somebody who um, is sort of aware of the whole Indianapolis situation this morning who told me that I think it was in like the last six weeks or something like that, there had been like 40 ambulance calls in Indianapolis for scooter-related accidents. So can you talk about the kinds of things you're seeing in the emergency room? The yeah. Kinds of um, the worst of – all of them, I think, is we had a significant um, injury. So brain injuries, uh, traumatic brain injuries, all the way down to skinned up knees and cuts. Um, You name it, we've had all of them. Um, But we've had, I believe, four major injury um, requiring hospitalization as well as ongoing care. However, the majority of them, as I said, they go home. So broken arm, broken leg, um, lacerations that require getting stitched up. Um, are these in? Uh, are these cases of a vehicle hitting something or just somebody falling off of a scooter? Typically, it's someone falling off of it. Um, How often is alcohol involved? Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, some of the some of them definitely it is involved um but as i say, stated earlier we're not we weren't equipped to start tracking it yet um there's really you know we go based off of coding and how to code things and how can we pull the data out of a bank that we put it into and there's really no specific code for that and we're putting our feelers out all over the country and in a cor- um with IU Health Methodist they're going through the same thing. Nobody knows how to track this. So um, that is a huge challenge. Um, so I can't tell you how many times, but on some of the more um, severely injured, I'd, you know, it has been a factor in some of them. So. I, I want to ask you, Shannon, just who, who is responsible for teaching people the right way to ride these and the things that you can do and can't do? Is that you is that because you mentioned part of that earlier, just mm-hmm. as part of your job, maybe? But does that fall to the police, or is but that the companies? Fall to the captain of operations. <laughs> no, I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking. But who's who says you probably shouldn't have two of these? You probably shouldn't be riding on a case of beer and trying to drive it. Right. I, I think a lot of it comes back to the companies. That's I think right. Bird and Lime to get the the word out. I know when we did the helmet giveaway, uh, the representative from Bird said, "What do you want when you rent it on your app?" Uh, it tells you wear a helmet, park near a bike rack, don't ride alone. Out. Yeah, ride alone, <laughs> okay. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, I think that's a, par- a lot of it is we forget that we've got a problem, but the problem is starting back here. So let's fix it back here and then we won't have it here. We had one the other day where the wheels are small. And so if you hit mm-hmm. a, a sidewalk that's a little not, not, not level, um, You'll, you'll go down, and we had a girl, she wrecked, and her friend was right behind her, really close, and she wrecked into her. Thankfully, they were both okay. Uh, neither one was wearing a helmet, but as Lindsay can attest to, it doesn't take much for a head 
mm-hmm. even falling over and you hit your head just right, there's going to be per, you know trouble from that. So, um, but I think you know we're I did my my bird scooter video last week. Uh, go to our Twitter page and check it out. And I think there's some good information on it. Tried to be a little quirky and funny with it. Um, but yeah, it, and a lot of it is that we need our young adults to be responsible. Yeah, I mean they're they're in college at the university. We we hope they be responsible, and for the most part, I think they are. Uh, but every once in a while, we get you know some that just don't pay attention. They put their earbuds in, and just they're often often go. Or they're I've seen people talking on their cell phone, writing. It's like oh, or stop. We've <laughs> we've seen them taking a selfie. You know, that, I mean, it, so there's some really not very smart behavior. Mm-hmm. I do think it's right, uh, and in the in the negotiated agreements, and I expect uh, uh, legislation, there will be requirements that the companies provide a certain amount of training mm-hmm. uh, and accountability. They, you know, they they're in the, they're in this to make money, to be sure, but they're also in they they want to be successful systems. They know if 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 they don't help create a safe network. It's not going to have a long-term uh, uh, viability. And I know when I walked by one of the Lime scooters recently, I saw that there's a whole list of things that you're supposed to do. You know, only sure. only one person on a scooter, wear a helmet. Don't it says right in the, don't ride on the sidewalk. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are certain things it says, but that yeah. they can't. They're not here to to police it, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, into uh, the bird scooters, they shut down at nine o'clock at night, and so after nine, they are done. And so we were hopefully going to get with Lyme and say, can you shut yours down? I realize that's taking money away from them, but at night, people can be intoxicated. It's not a good combination, so mm-hmm. we're going to talk to them to see and if they'll shut it down, too. It's difficult to see the rider. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, as at IU Health Bloomington, we're a verified trauma center, so we're a level three trauma center, and part of being that for this community and outside outlying counties is that we provide injury prevention services. Okay. So um, we do have an injury prevention specialist, and she's a nurse, and she goes out into the community. Well, you know, we take our top three types of injury and kind of focus our attention on those types of injuries. This hasn't made it yet, but, you know, as as it goes on, we just don't have the data mm-hmm. to support it, but um, doesn't mean that it won't be in the future. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we do offer many services like that, though. We're going to uh, get to our phone callers after the break, but we've hit time that we have to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. From the Milton Met Studio at IU's Radio TV Building, this is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville, online at smithville.com. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state throughout the day at WFIUNews.org and on Twitter at WFIU News. You can watch unfiltered video of breaking stories on Facebook Live. And you can get a digest of all the day's top stories delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of the headlines, plus the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIUNews.org.
Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times, along with Sarah Whitmire from WFIU, WTIU. We're talking about scooters today in Bloomington. It's a lively conversation. If you want to join us, 812-855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also send your questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org. And our guests are Mayor John Hamilton from the city. Beth Rosenbarger, Planning Services Manager for the City of Bloomington, Shannon Bunger, uh, Captain of Operations for IU Police Department, and Lindsay Williams, Nurse Practitioner and Trauma Program Manager for IU Health Bloomington Hospital. So let's go right to Ed, who's been very patient. Ed, what's your question? I want to know how much coordination there is between the city and the university of coming up with a common plan. Um, that governs both. If the, is there any kind of committee, any conversation? What's going on? Uh, Ed, good question. We don't have a committee as far as I know. We regularly work with, I know our police departments do uh, and our planning department uh, do in terms of infrastructure response. Uh, we each have, we have taken different responses a little bit from the first day, but um, we expect that uh, the, the dialogue will continue. Setting up a formal task force, I don't know. We could, we could talk with the university about that. I, I expect – I know our parking enforcement and, and, um, and police officers have been starting to issue warnings to people for uses of, uh, of uh, scooters inappropriately. And I know we always coordinate our work at the law enforcement level. And it's a good question, I think. Mm-hmm. I, can you comment at all? On yeah. Uh, I mean – we, we just want everybody to be safe. We want them. We want our students, faculty, whoever's riding them, to be to be safe and, and put them in, in places where they're supposed to be. Um, as far as far as I know, we're not in coordination with the city right now of saying, okay, we want to be in business with them. Um, we just were, and we we are collecting scooters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our our facilities have pretty much taken it over. Uh, parking operations was. We have a significant number of them in in our storage because they're blocking ADA ramps. Mm-hmm. They're in the road. They're in creeks, and so they're treating that as uh, an abandoned bicycle, uh, blocking um, mm-hmm. areas that they shouldn't be blocking. So they're they've been picking them up. But the city hasn't been doing that, have you? Have we you have not been picking them, them up. We um, in, in in the agreement with the companies, which we expect to sign very shortly, and the and the enforcement uh, through legislation. I expect there will be an, an impoundment component of that. We don't we don't really want to become the owners of a bunch of scooters. Right. Uh, we want the behavior to improve. So that's what we're going to focus on. But but I expect we will be we we may need to do that. So Beth, and I'll add that. Um, I anticipate we will, you know, work with IU as we move through this. And we did work a lot, um, the city of Bloomington and Indiana University, on our bike share. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we consider this very similar, except that with the bike share, um, we got to choose the company that came to town <laughs> and worked, uh, you know, pretty hard to make that positive with the university. And in this case, um, this has been forced on the community. So, but we'll still figure it out and work together moving forward. All right. And I just comment, I mean, I think. I think so many uh, of the students are going from their apartments downtown uh, to campus and vice versa. So it seems to me that there just has to be some kind of coordination or none of this is going to work. Going to work. It seems that the preponderance of these youth are students. I, I should say there's an exceeding amount of cooperation on the infrastructure planning, uh, on how do you 
create the physical infrastructure that connects, as you said, people come in and off of the campus back and forth all the time, thinking about how we do that with traffic, with parking, uh, happens all the time. And we'll continue that. Ed, thanks a lot for your call, and thanks for your patience. Welcome. All right. We're going to go to Gene next, who's been waiting almost as long as Ed. Gene? Hi, Gene. Um, I've been a bicyclist in Bloomington um, since 1972. Um, and I, I could probably talk about this for full time, but I'll limit myself to questioning um, why we do these as bicycles. Um, I've been researching the technology, and you can all, already buy at a, a price of about what a bicycle costs, one of these that will go 50 miles an hour. Um, to me, they're motorized. They're a motorized bicycle. Um, we, we don't allow 50cc motorcycles on the Beeline Trail. We don't let um, people who get DUIs have scooters that we can ride along the highway and we can see how fast those go. So I, I believe we should be doing um, bike corrals on every block um, and treating them as motorized vehicles and putting on the street. Last thing I'll say is People hit bicyclists and often kill them when they're going the wrong direction on the sidewalk because people look on one-way streets, especially if you're motorists, you, you tend to look the direction the cars are coming to see when you can pull out the traffic and you don't expect a vehicle to be coming down the sidewalk at 15 miles an hour, which may eventually become 45 miles an hour. Um, so, and I don't see the scooters um, they're written more like skateboards. People are not real law-abiding law with them. Okay. Comments? Uh, thanks, Gene. I, I, you you point out a lot of things. Uh, look, these are going to challenge exactly how we classify all of these moving vehicles. Uh, speed governors are important. If you had scooters going 30 miles an hour in our streets, that's different from scooters that are capped at 15, and some of the regulations going to have to evolve. We currently do welcome scooters on the trails uh, because they're treated more like a bicycle. But I think as we go through regulations and public comment on these kinds of things, uh, that's where this process will help us think. So how do you classify a Segway and a scooter and a shared and a bicycle or a tandem bicycle or a Vespa or all those, and all those mm-hmm. things? Are, it's making life more complicated from the regulatory side, uh, but but we'll we'll keep at it, and we're not alone as we look at that, and appreciate the public input on how best to treat these things. Okay. All right, Gene. Thanks. Um, we're going to go to. You want to go to a sure. Facebook question? We have yeah. Zelda. She want to go on air, but she wants to comment on the aggressive way students ride the scooters and the impact that is having on elderly folks who are trying to use sidewalks for other transportation downtown. I can't really speak for downtown, but on campus, fortunately, we've not had a lot of students hitting people on sidewalks. Uh, we've not really responded to a whole lot of crashes on campus involving them. So when you're saying you're getting a lot, Lindsay, those are, those are the folks that are just going in and seeing them. Um, like I said, we, I mean, I read every case report that comes through, and this is just not happening. Uh, they are considered a motor vehicle, so uh, we're in debate on uh, if they are involved in a crash, do we do a crash report along with a normal case report that we do. And by state law, they meet that statute, so we are doing crash reports mm-hmm. on them. And, uh, but, w- and, you know, fortunately, knock on wood, uh, nobody is just running over people. It's more of a, 
close calls probably and mm-hmm. a nuisance and it's just something that we're really trying to get out get the message across that you know be a good neighbor you know yield right away to the pedestrians and just take them earbuds out and get off the phones and like the mayor said earlier no selfies <laughs> yeah I, it's an issue we we hear from people uh, and i appreciate the call and <clears throat> pardon me the concern Downtown sidewalks can be very crowded. They are not the place for bicycles or scooters to be. Uh, We have started issuing warnings uh, to people, dozens of them, to people downtown riding scooters inappropriately. We'll start, I think, to issue citations and tickets for that. Uh, So it's partly learning learning that. We've had the same issue with bicycles sometimes. Look, I don't as a, as a resident. I it's fine for you if you see somebody on a on a sidewalk to to call them out and say, "Hey, friend, you know, get out on the street, please. This isn't the right place for you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll have official uh, officers doing the same thing. We had a question very similar to that from Sue, and she wants to know why we are not giving people tickets. Why aren't we doing that now to people who are riding unsafely? We're, we're beginning with the with the warnings, uh, trying to change behavior. We will be issuing tickets. Uh, there may have been one issued already. I, I, as far as I know, we have not issued a, a formal ticket. Uh, and, the, and the regulations uh, to make clear that uh, the same zone as bicycles, that you're not allowed to be on the street. I don't, I technically, I don't know if we'd issued a ticket for a bicycle rider uh, on, the, on the sidewalks uh, downtown either. Maybe, Beth, do you know? I'm, but uh, we, we need to get good behavior so everyone feels safe in whatever mode of transportation you're in. Okay. This Lynn Schwartzberg on Facebook <clears throat> is wondering, she says, if I were to set up a table selling my wares on the sidewalk, would I be subject to any city regulation in regard to conducting commerce on public thoroughfares? Seems to me that the scooter companies should be required to have permits to conduct commerce on the sidewalks, and there should be specified locations. The scooters are making our community look horrible. Strewn everywhere. Different views on this, right? Uh, you, yes, yeah. you do need a permit to sell things on the street in the public right of way. Uh, and and look, I, there's no question that the this is evolving. Uh, I think it's important to take a breath and remember these are new. Uh, I, I do want to I do want to also say the words climate change because um, mm-hmm. improving our mobility network is not always easy, uh, but it's very important to keep getting better and better at giving options for people. Uh, uh, different from driving a car, which doesn't mean that there's some discomfort and some challenges as a regulatory matter. There are definitely safety issues. We want people to be safe, but we want our planet to be safe, too. And, and it, it is important that we continue to find ways for people to get around that are not just driving a car uh, and making it safe. Uh, and making it uh, responsible for people. So we will have uh, regulations and city ordinances that will govern these things. Uh, It takes a little while to get ordinances in place, but look for them in the next uh, weeks and months, I think. Uh, John, you mentioned that, so I I don't want to get in a protracted discussion about it, but is there really evidence that these scooters are – what these that these scooters are helping the environment? I would think that most people that ride those scooters are students who would generally walk. So – very good question, and I don't want to – there's a lot of science questions. I mean, if they're getting charged by coal-based electricity, that's has – they're very different from being charged by solar electricity and that kind of thing. I think the basic point I would make is as a society, as a community, as we evolve out of as much dependence upon cars, improving the range of options. So five, five or ten years ago, 
You couldn't take an Uber. You couldn't take a Lyft. You couldn't take a Pace bike. You couldn't take a Bird. You couldn't take a, a, a Lime scooter. And when I came over here today from City Hall, I, had, I walked to a meeting downtown because that was just a five-minute walk that I needed to stop in. But then I had to get here to the studio, which would have been a 15- or 20-minute walk. Well, I took a five-minute scooter ride. That meant I didn't have to have my car, which is good. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get back yet. It could be a pace bike. could be a scooter. Could, maybe I'll hitch a ride and back a best bike. I don't know. Or my ride with the, with the officer. But <clears throat> improving our mobility options is an important thing, and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Just like Airbnb wasn't easy, and it isn't easy when they've come in and kind of transformed how, how you know, the, the, the biggest hotel company in the world is now Airbnb, which doesn't own a single hotel room. Things are changing. Let's go to our better, phone. Yeah. Let's go to the phone real quick because uh, Ken's been waiting a long time again. Ken, go ahead. Hello. Hello, Ken. Yes, I'm commenting and listening to your program, and I have a couple of comments. First of all, Bloomington has become very traffic unfriendly in terms of getting from west to east, and these scooters and other things have exacerbated the problem uh, because of the fact, first of all, there is no police enforcement that I have ever seen for bicyclists or these scooter people from blowing through stop signs, red lights, or anything else. And I understand the uh, young people who think they are uh, invincible. But nevertheless, I think the problem is going to increase. And quite frankly, and I'm 75, and I will admit it, um, I have, you know, nearly wrecked a number of these people because they don't obey to anything, and I have yet to see any of the campus police or of the city police to tell these people, and I'm not talking about warnings. I'm talking about actually doing something, because I know if I park my car (laughs) on university property, I'm going to get a very heavy fine. And... These kids don't seem to be getting anything, and they keep on going. And I really don't want to see anyone hurt or killed, but I think it's only a matter of time until this actually happens. Let me let uh, the officer, uh, Shannon, sort of address this a little bit. Uh, I totally agree. We don't want to see anyone get hurt either. Uh, I can assure you that we are out uh, trying to educate not only the scooter riders, but bicyclists as well. We see bicyclists blowing through stop signs, and when we stop them, they go, oh, I didn't realize I had to stop. Um, but we're not giving tickets. We're trying to take a softer approach. It was kind of like when the uh, the seatbelt law was uh, first came out. We were stopping folks, trying to educate them, wear your seatbelts. And then after a while, okay, now we got to start actually giving a ticket because there's a little bit of a bite to that. And at some point, we'll, we will probably get that as well. Uh, but my guys that are, we got our motorcycle unit now. It's easier for those guys to get the scooter stopped. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting into winter, and those guys don't want to ride when it's cold. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, 
But, uh, but yeah, we are out trying to educate, and I think that's the biggest thing right now is to educate everyone with them, uh, whether you're writing them or not writing them, uh, so everybody's aware of what's going on with them. Okay. All right. Thanks, Kim. We're going to have to get on to some we other have a, questions. A Facebook question from Tim he says: Are there plans to increase bicycle parking areas and racks since the city's treating these motorized vehicles as bicycles and telling people to park them in bicycle parking areas? This and he adds: The scooters have a completely different impact than Airbnb or Uber. Yeah. Bicycle racks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Short answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we do want to work on that, and um, it's been part of a number of adopted plans. We, um, you know, we see these as uh, pent up demand. So, uh, as the mayor mentioned, we can use part of the uh, to be determined required fee and amp up some more of our bicycle and scooter parking around town to make it easier to follow the law. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and most people know this, I think, as, as developments happen in the city, typically they are required to provide more bicycle parking. And then we do public look at that, too, whether we convert a one car parking space. How many bikes can we fit in one car space, would you say, typically? 12 to 16. Yeah, so we convert those sometimes, too. We have a comment from Brittany who talks about how she thinks they're a good idea but wants to know if anybody from Bloomington is receiving a profit. Well, there are people being paid to do various things. Uh, the one that we had a caller who was a charger, they get paid. I ran into a guy who's a mechanic, he gets paid. Uh, the city at present does not get any uh, funding, though we expect to. Uh, but there are individuals who are employed by uh, these uh, companies who do the work or their contractors. Uh, I happened to hear the story, actually, one of our food trucks is becoming a charger also. So a food truck is encouraging people to take a scooter to their food truck. They get a dollar off the meal, and then they charge the scooter. So there are people making money off of this, uh, but uh, the city is not yet, but we do expect to get fees for this. Okay. Um, Dave Johnson is asking, who's liable when pedestrians are getting injured? I think who's depending on who's at fault. I mean, did... Uh, did the scooter rider run into a pedestrian, or did the pedestrian step out in front of the scooter rider? We, I, I think a lot of us think that the scooter riders are always in the wrong, and that's not necessarily true either. That uh, how many when I was an undergrad here 23 years ago, nobody was walking around with earbuds in or a phone, and now when I drive on campus or when you guys you know on the scooter on your bike, everybody's got a phone up or they got their earbuds in, and they're just not paying attention. And so we would have to determine who's at fault, just like if two cars come together in an intersection and, and go from there. Okay, that was going to be my question. So you, you would investigate it just like a vehicle Absolutely. accident? Absolutely. Okay. Um, another one from Sarah, and she says, as, cyclist, as a cyclist and a pedestrian, I'm excited for alternative transportation use. With that in mind, winter is coming. Are there plans in place for scooters during the winter when the roads and sidewalks are not safe? The, the representative that we dealt with from Bird said that they would nest them. Uh, this winter, um, and because he said electricity and snow and lots of rain usually don't mix well, uh, but it's new for them in the Midwest, so they're not sure how it's going to react. But they seem to think that when the snow really started hitting, uh, that people that they would put them away, uh, whether they would store them in Bloomington or take them out and put them into a warmer climate, and then bring them back in the spring when it got nice. They weren't sure yet. Oh, bird migration. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, we're going to go back to the phones because Tom's on the phone now. Tom? Hello, Tom. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, one of my questions is the difference, what, what is the difference t- 
between an ordinance and a law. Um, I know that, you know, if I, and I've ridden a bike, and I walk and drive a car, and if I'm, if I'm driving a car, um, I'm more critical of the bikers. If I'm on a bike, I'm more critical of <laughs> car drivers, and I know that it's easy to go through a stop sign on a bike. It's more convenient, and... <clears throat> But I don't expect ever, I've never seen anybody get a ticket on a bike for that. And if, if the scooters, if the motor, motorized vehicle are under the same restrictions as a bike or a car, then I don't think anything but tickets are going to alter behavior. I mean, goodwill and, and, and telling people to watch out for the other person and education is all great and needed but that's not going to alter behavior i mean it's it's not going to make me if i'm i'm driving a car and you're telling me that um we suggest you stop at a stop sign i'm going to probably go through it if, if there's nobody coming if it's just which sounds like what an ordinance is if they're not enforced in some way that that is deters that action. Then why should I change? That's let me. Go, go let me I, I'm just. I may have an ordinance and a law are the same thing. I may be throwing those words around. City ordinances are the same as what we often call state, state laws law. or others. Right. But Beth may want to comment on some of the the particulars. So sure. It sounds like the general question is. I mean, how do we impact behavior, and how do we convince people to? follow the law. Um, And number one, people do get tickets in all modes of transportation, and there are a lot of illegal behaviors in in also all modes of transportation. Speeding is illegal, um, flat out illegal, and we, of course, see that a lot with driving. Um, People take that for granted, I think, because uh, most uh, people drive regularly and it's easy to speed. Um, so people do get tickets, but I would say the most um, impactful tool is design. So, for example, we um, just did a temporary installation on Allen Street from Walnut to Henderson, and that's designed as a bicycle boulevard. And the point is to make it comfortable for walking and bicycling and to reduce motor vehicle speeds. In order to create a route that's useful for bicycling, it can't have stop signs on every block because physics-wise, a bicycle is very different than a motor vehicle. So what we're trying to figure out at the city is balancing our adopted community goals of getting more people to bicycle and then uh, making that fit with the design of our spaces because it's not practical to say, we want you to bike, please come to a complete stop at every street. We're not going to put any infrastructure on this busy street for you where cars don't have to stop. So I'll just say people do get ticketed. It's a continuous challenge, but we're working, at least on the infrastructure side, pretty hard to improve that and to make it easier to follow the law. Okay. We're inside our last minute, Sarah. We've gotten a lot of questions we just don't have time to get to, so I apologize to all our listeners. Um, uh, Just one quick last one. Sean, is it possible to limit the number of scooters in the city? We could. We could. We could by law. Uh, limit the number of scooters and regulate them. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's possible. That could be on the agenda sometime. We'll yep. see what happens. Thank you to all of our guests today, John Hamilton, the mayor of Bloomington, Beth Rosenbarger, Shannon Bunger, and Lindsay, Sh- <laughs> Lindsay Williams. Yeah, Williams. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> For uh, producer Taylor Haggerty, engineer Mike Pashkash, and the co-host Sarah Whitmire, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. 
Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber Internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com.